people are starting to diversify. There can be times where a retailer negotiates an exclusive rate with a certain platform. And that's like one big benefit about affiliate. It does help set you up for those campaign opportunities. Something that has tremendously impacted the industry, Facebook has been making updates to their algorithm. It has affected anyone who shares a link on the platform. Your weekly insight into the creator economy starts right now. Hey everyone, welcome back to Inside the Click. We are your weekly resource for everything when it comes to the creator economy. I'm Monica. I'm Michelle. And let's dive into it. Okay, last week we did not do Q&A, but we are promising we're doing it today by kicking off the episode with Q&A. Don't forget, you submit your questions to us. We'll make sure they get answered. Yeah, we want to make sure this is engaging for all of us. So the first question we have is, how can I make money through product links on social media? Affiliate and campaigns, there's a difference between the two. Let's start with affiliate. Yeah. Okay, so first, I guess we back it up. The difference between affiliate and campaigns. Affiliate is when you see someone on Instagram stories saying, tap this link to shop it. Campaigns is when it's like hashtag ad and usually looks a little bit more refined. I would say it's now shifting to look more organic and that it's just another post. But hashtag ad is a campaign. If they're like, swipe up for my top, that's affiliate. Yes. You can make money through product links in those two ways. It's kind of a little confusing because when you um, are running campaigns, you are using affiliate links. If you are uh, doing affiliate on a regular basis, like you're going to be generating a ton of links. And like Monica said, it's going to look more organic. What ends up happening is you get the CPA rate which is the percent of the sale that you drove for mm -hmm. every link. And that will depend based on retailer. Yep. It'll yep. depend based off retailer and the platform that you use. So like a collective voice, a howl, yes. shop my, an LTK. And you'll notice that people are starting to diversify. Like you may have used to see this creator only links to LTK. And you'll know that if when you click on it, it says our style, for example. That's how you know it's an LTK reward style link. Creators will join all these different ones because there can be times where a retailer negotiates an exclusive rate with a certain platform. So that is something to keep in mind as well. And there's also brands that may be on one platform and aren't on another. This is where doing some homework is important because sometimes, um, and it's becoming more common, retailers, we kind of use them interchangeably with brands, but like a retailer would be like a Nordstrom. Mm -hmm. They may have category specific or brand specific CPA rates. Right. Um, usually that ends up happening with exclusions. So mm -hmm. I remember like way back when like Walmart, they had like toys and electronics were non-commissionable. So that means mm -hmm. you would get no money, 0% CPA rate if you drove sales for those. Right. 
it can be frustrating to feel like you just spent all this time linking to products and they weren't even commissionable, even though you could create a link for that site. And it's just because other products on that site were commissionable and not. I remember there was an example when Lululemon acquired the mirror. So they put it on their website and it's like you can create a Lululemon link because the apparel is commissionable and therefore it would let you create a link for the mirror. But the mirror was technically still kind of not Lululemon. And so then it wasn't commissionable. So there's always little things like that. And the more you start to pay attention to it, the more naturally it'll come to you to like kind of pick up on, ooh, that seems like it wouldn't be. Yep. Let's say that I'm linking to Nordstrom and I have a bodysuit that I know are commissionable. When a member of your audience gets to a retailer's site, they can obviously buy whatever they want. So even if you link commissionable items, they may end up buying something that is not commissionable. Now, it's important as being the creator What you're making and what you're promoting is really authentic and like something that like you really like and are really passionate about because that will increase the chances that when someone goes to the retailer, they actually buy that thing instead of like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, I clicked on the thing like, oh, yeah, it was cute. But actually, I really like these earrings and then earrings are not commissionable and then you don't get any money from the sale that you rightfully drove. I think another way to look at it too is not every single link that you share has to be commissionable though. I think, yes, be aware of when you are trying to do the commissionable part, but there's something to being okay with sharing something, even if you can't earn from it. And I think it's really interesting how ShopMy allows you to link to retailers that aren't commissionable. So like, for example, if you use LTK, and there's a retailer that you want to link to, and they're not partnered with them, then you can't link to them at all. However, what ShopMy does, they say, this is non-commissionable, but they still let you create the link so you can track the clicks and you can like track it all in one place. I share a lot of Poshmark finds, like Real Real Vestiaire, which are now commissionable, but Poshmark isn't. And I think that because I wear a lot of older things, I'm doing a disservice to my audience if I'm like, I'm not going to bother to share the exact one that they could find new with tags even on Poshmark just because I can't earn from it. And I think that builds some trust too of like, okay, this person is going to give us the real deal, not just like a closest thing when the real thing really did exist. There's a balance. I don't think it's a 50-50 by any means. Maybe it's like a 90-10%. 10% of your links, it's okay that they're non-commissionable. Don't be afraid to do that and feel like you're going to lose money because you posted a link to Poshmark. Yeah. It's also about figuring out like what actually works for you. If you know that like you really like this retailer and they are non-commissionable, but like you just love it, that's okay to post links for them. But then just mm-hmm. it goes back to understanding the data, understanding what your or drivers are because then you know here's how I can actually counter that with something that is going to make me money you know what yeah so I was just thinking about this so like let's say there's a brand that you like that is non-commissionable but for the shop my example let's say you use that just so you have the data so you're mm-hmm. just using shop my to link to it not to earn but to collect the data you could then 
take that data and then pitch directly to that brand for a campaign. So maybe you can't make affiliate commission from it, but you now have collected this data that can prove to them that you do drive sales. And either they could create a promo code for your audience that then they can track on their end and give you a commission directly from them. A lot of these brands also have their own affiliate programs. There would be an option there or you just say, hey, look at this. I'm ready for a $2,000 campaign. Yep. The importance of being able to do that is overlooked. It can be very overwhelming. Like if you're like, okay, I need to get all my data in order. I know that not everyone loves Excel. Numbers. Like we do. <laughs> <laughs> but I think having that data is really important. And even being able to say for, I'm just going to like keep using them as an example. Mm-hmm. Nordstrom, maybe you should pay us. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, like I know that my Nordstrom links work really well in my Facebook group. Then you show them that data and then you're like, okay, when I get my campaign, yes, you're going to pay me $2,000, but I've shown that on this social media platform, this works really well. Yeah. I think that that's really good points. And that's one big benefit about affiliate, even though you are getting like a 10% or whatever percent of the sales that you're driving that are commissionable, but it does help set you up for those campaign opportunities. Right. Okay. Well, that perfectly takes us into the second question. What social platform does affiliate perform best on? I think this is super interesting because we've talked about this before. Things pivot. So if you're listening to this episode nine months from now, we're in August, 2023, it could be different. So I just want to preface with that, but we can tackle this question based off of now and then compare it to last year. Yes. If you're listening to this in the future, future people, um, (laughs) think about how you can apply this to what you're seeing right now. What do we want to start with here? Well, I think something that has tremendously impacted the industry has been how the last eight months, Facebook has been making updates to their algorithm and trying to make it less spammy, more trustworthy. I think a lot of it comes back down to like the news and how they're trying to like make sure the algorithm is giving legitimate things to people. And that has affected anyone who shares a link on the platform at the end of the day. So that means influencers. And a lot of influencers have Facebook groups. They have Facebook pages. They have their personal page. Like there's so much within Facebook alone where you can be posting. Even though you're not sharing news, you're still sharing a link that goes outside of Facebook. And then I think that already automatically is like, well, we want to keep people in Facebook. We don't want them to go somewhere else. And so a lot of creators who were Facebook heavy have been impacted by that. Yeah. It might even have some reasons around like the different operating systems that we talked about in the last episode, because if you think about it, if Apple is trying to break external linking or tracking or whatnot, Mm -hmm. then it's in Facebook's interest to keep you in Facebook. Right. So we can link this in the show notes, but you can actually go to transparency.com fb.com. And I have to give Monica all the credit here for sifting through everything because it it can be a little bit heavy, 
but they do explain some of these changes that they're making to external linking. Like some of this stuff that we're talking about, we're getting directly from them. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's another important thing. The reason why I went down the rabbit hole for this was because it's really easy for the rumor mill to start when it comes to algorithms and all of that. Anytime these companies do make changes to the algorithm, they're telling us on their own, like they're letting us know they're not keeping this a secret. And so that does go back to Facebook has that information. And also whenever Instagram releases updates that do affect that, they put that on their blog as well. So you can always go to the source instead of relying on the random people that pop up on your feed. Yep. Because not everyone is the most trustworthy. It's really easy to film a video and say, this is the best way to do X, Y, Z. And maybe that worked for them. It can come from a genuine place, but it doesn't mean it's the source of truth. Yes. And so going back to the source of truth, Facebook essentially limiting exposure of posts that have external links, or by the way, the one that I still think is the most interesting is if you quote post more than the average person. Right. That You're right. By the nature of it, if you are a creator, you are posting more than the average person who is yes. just posting like their engagement photo and they haven't posted in six months. Yep. And of course, there's no like concrete numbers that they gave (laughs) around like what is the average person. Um, Me personally, I'm a lurker. I have not posted (laughs) on Facebook in probably a year. Oh, same Um, at least. Yeah. Oh, but I check it. (laughs) (laughs) But um. They have posted that on their site that, um, or on that transparency site, that posts that have external links are getting less visibility. So what does that mean that you can do in that instance? And this can happen, like, honestly, with any social platform. And I am seeing some creators, like even on Instagram, be like, comment link for link. And then they'll mm-hmm. DM you the link instead of putting the link in their post. I mean, there's hundreds of comments. So yeah. like people should not be deterred if they do have to adjust strategy in that way. You can even think about it like, oh, wow, I just thought about this. So if someone is posting um, like cute dress And they're like, comment link if you like this and I'll DM you. The person that comments link, they have a much higher um, intent to purchase. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They want it. Yeah. Like even if maybe initially, sure, the link's not in there. Like the lurker can't just click and abandon. Mm -hmm. But the person that you are sending that message to has a very high intent to purchase and is probably going to help your conversion rate. That is so true. Intent right? to purchase is huge. I I always say that's why the LTK app is so successful because as a consumer, you're not getting on the LTK app to just mindlessly scroll. You're doing that on Instagram or TikTok. You're going to the LTK app because you know you're ready to shop for something. That's just automatically going to make a conversion rate higher. Let's talk about Instagram and Instagram Reels and Instagram Stories. 
So Instagram stories is the easiest, right? Because you can put the link right in their face, say to tap and whatever. One thing that people get hung up on when it comes to that is what happens when a consumer has the app on their phone. It's something that is always talked about a little bit, but right now feels like it's a much bigger deal because URL Genius has popped up out of nowhere talking about app tracking and now everyone's kind of obsessed with it. There are so many retailer apps out there, but how many retailer apps do you actually use? You probably just use the ones for like Amazon, Nordstrom, and then I guess Walmart. I don't know. I'll download the app for multi-brand retailers. Revolve. I have the Revolve app, but I'm not going to download the app for like Rag and Bone. They don't. I don't know. I doubt they have an app. But for that example, like I'm not going to download the Theory app. So like, do people need to worry about app to app tracking as much as URL Genius wants you to worry about it? I think that's part of their whole shtick. I don't think they would have been as successful as they were if they didn't kind of instill some sort of panic in the industry. Yeah. And I think also the fact that they chose to go after some of the big retailers, they're not saying like, you can directly link to theory app. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, like they lead with Amazon for sure. Yep. I think it makes a difference in the apps that are widely used, but then mm-hmm. also at the end of the day, I think there's more value over app to app. It's really what about like the logged in experience? Are you able to yeah. trigger? With the app, I mean, with any app, unless you have a not good reset, you're going to be locked in for a while. But I think that if you could do that in a website, that's the real value is that that you don't have to, you don't have to remember your password. I mean, I like never remember any of my passwords. No, it's so true because on Instagram, if you are in the Instagram browser, it's not going to even pick up what's in your keychain to like automatically populate so annoying which is yes that's like 99 <laughs> percent of the reason i don't buy something is because i couldn't log into it and then i move on yeah couldn't log into it forgot the password or like didn't want to like look it up and then you're like okay i'll just do this like when i'm on my computer or which something. is so funny because it really probably would take 10 extra seconds but that's how consumers mind works they are going to purchase from what is the most convenient Even if it's not the ideal thing, convenience wins so often. Yeah. Recently, we were looking into a couple of link in bio solutions, Mm -hmm. right? Because you have Collective Voice has Tap to Shop. Mm -hmm. And then you have Shop My, which is they have their own shelves. Yes. And It's really interesting because I told my Instagram friends who Mm -hmm. not in the industry. So I set up a tap to shop and I set up a shop my shelf. And I also was looking at analytics. So I asked on my stories, like, what one would you be more likely to shop from? Tap to shop is a little more compressed and modular versus what I had in shop my was a little more like visually pleasing and the photos are bigger and it's just like prettier. And to my surprise, it was pretty evenly split. Something that people liked about tap to shop was that they could immediately click out. They clicked on it. They went out to the retailer. 
versus in shop my, and I could see this in my analytics, tap to shop. I'm not going to say how many clicks because I'm not even <laughs> a micro influencer, but tap to shop had more retailer clicks. Shop my had much less. And it's because shop my, even though it looks prettier for all of their shelves, you click into the thing and then you're taken to another page. And then from mm-hmm. that page, you click out. So yeah. I think that that's a very relevant thing to talk about, even in just like the user experience. Yeah. Because if you're trying, even with those two platforms, right? Like you're like, well, they're both link and bio solutions. It doesn't really matter what one I use, but I think that there are some considerations there. As a creator, you need to be evaluating this one is going to take my audience to the second page and then they can click out versus do you just want to get them to the retailer? Yeah. It's always important to pull your audience. What works for someone's audience may be different than your audience. Yeah. So why not? This is like the whole thing behind this podcast. The theme, overarching theme is the more information, the better. So why not just pull your audience and do the same thing and see what happens? Because it might surprise you. Okay. Speaking of surprises, we got to talk about Lemonade because (laughs) Michelle has not downloaded Lemonade. She hasn't played around with it. I have. So I don't want to spoil some thoughts on it. We're going to do like a live reaction to this app. And for those that don't know, Lemonate is, which it's spelled L-E-M-O-N and then it's the number eight. Mm -hmm. They are owned by the same company that owns TikTok. So they're like trying to, I don't, I think the Pinterest, it's like they're trying to be Pinterest, I think, but, uh, but we'll, we'll see. That's my interpretation. I don't know what their official stance on it is. Yeah of what they're trying to be with it. You definitely like from following them on Instagram, it's like I'm sensing a vibe. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, okay, wait, I'm going to record my screen too. Yes. So, so if you you're watching it. on YouTube, we are going to attempt to superimpose the screen recording on the screen. We're not making promises. You're in this, you're on this ride with us, <laughs> but that is the intention. And on that note, we do have a YouTube channel, which is where we have the video version of these recordings. Okay. What are my interests? Definitely makeup, skincare, wellness, travel. Think home. (gasps) Home nails. There we go. Oh, Does it let you select as many as you want? Yeah. Or just like three? Okay. I can can select all of them and cute little like smiley faces. Your name can only be 15 characters or less. Oh, so like some people couldn't do their full name. I can't do my full name. Yeah. I probably wouldn't be able to either. You would not be able to do your full name. What is my username? Let me look. That's how long it's been since I downloaded this. Maybe I'll just do Michelle Franks. I so have all seven followers. Follow you. Oh, no. My name did fit. It's Monica Woodhams. How did it, is that your username? Yeah. Well, no. Okay. Here's the weird thing. My my username's oh, my yeah, there full it is. name. Yeah. But why is my other... There's like this other name that can't be... Ooh, things I do to feel best in my 30s. Interesting. Well, what are your first impressions? Like, were you yeah. expecting the feed to look like this? Yeah, I mean, the feed definitely, I think you mentioned it, has very like Pinterest vibes. Mm-hmm. When you click into a post, it seems like visual, but then also the text feels very like... It is a little bloggy. It's very, it's like a micro blog. Yeah. 
it's like tumblr it's tumblr for the gen z's that never had it here's what i want to know okay so like go find like a top or a dress or a beauty product or something that you would want to shop okay oh by the, the way the day, right very interesting to look at just the like i'm assuming these are top searches trader oh, yeah Jones you may meals. like old money outfit it's probably that quiet luxury that people yeah yeah exactly um, okay oh I or love business casual i think it's so funny because it's literally quiet luxury or old money aesthetic is literally business casual <laughs> <laughs> like we've been so far away in the last like six years from remembering what business casual is that i don't think like 22 year olds know what business casual is so, but it's this. It's Banana Republic. It's wow. like khakis, trousers with a silk block. I didn't even think of I like have been seeing that and I'm like, oh, interesting. Like looks a little like fancy and conservative. <laughs> it's to wear it to the office. That is amazing. And I know coincidence is Banana Republic making a comeback right now. This is this is their zone of genius. Oh, that's great. Okay, wait. So I searched drunk elephant. We'll do okay, that. Too. Travel must have. Well, this person doesn't have a lot of engagement, but no links. Let's find one with a link. So it does show how many likes, but what's interesting is that the ones with a lot of likes are not surfacing to the top, which I kind of like because yeah, I, do. I like that too. You can that... find better stuff that way instead right. of just like the big person. No links. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because you can put a link, but it's not hyperlinked. So if there is a link, you can't click out. Which, if you think about TikTok, you can't exit TikTok either. Except for the one link in your bio. But like you can't be on a video and go to the caption and hyperlink out to a link. That's interesting. Can you put a link in your bio? Yes. Okay. So, oh no, but she hasn't Wait, maybe it. not. No, I can only link... Maybe if you have a certain amount of followers. Okay, wait. Someone. Oh, wait. No, you can. You can. I, sh I have it linked out to my LTK. Oh, okay. And then it gives you like, you're about to open an external website. Be wait. cautious. Blah, blah. I'm going to find you. Seven followers plus me. Yeah. Um, I'm killing it at Lemonade. Oh, I see. Shop, shop LTK. You're about to open a link. Like, they really don't want you to go. Like, they even kind of scare you. They're like, be cautious, be blah, blah, blah. Interesting. Well, going back to what we talked about earlier, affiliate versus campaign, Lemonade is probably a more campaign-driven platform, which much harder to track. Or I was going to say, do you think brands even want to do it if they can't really track its performance other than likes? It would be likes. Yeah. You'd have to figure out what is Lemonade's social analytics platform. Like, oh my gosh, that would be a whole thing, figuring that out. <laughs> and then you would also need a, I mean, they kind of do this on Instagram, right? Like link in my bio. Yeah. But they would need to do that in from looking at like, what I was seeing on that platform, people aren't really doing that. It's like more like this expressive. Mm -hmm. And then because the other thing is, if you can't directly monetize from it and you have to choose, you only have so much time in a day of where you can put content out. Yep. And Lemonade, because it is more bloggy, it is more than just putting up a photo because people have like, they're doing like overlays with text and actual lengthy captions are you going to choose the thing that takes the longest to post and brings in the least amount of money 
as in zero. Are you really going to put your time there? Got to really like it. (laughs) (laughs) Have to be worth it. I don't know. That's I worry about like the longevity of it if people are having to put it to the bottom of their priority list. It's TikTok. They have so many resources and know so much that there's got to be a reason behind it. It's also though with those types of platforms, the thing that you're getting that you wouldn't get from your blog is an audience. Oh, 100%. So if you're trying to grow a blog from square one. Do this instead of. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. It's a really good point. And especially if you're someone who you're mobile heavy and don't use yeah. your computer, then starting a blog blog would be next to impossible on a phone. Yep. I mean, it's doable, but a pain. But so this would be like the easy option. Yep. This is what the cool kids would do. I choose the more difficult route of deciding that I want to customize a template like it's a Zanga and do code behind the scenes. Question, Gen Z, if you're listening here, would you start a blog from scratch or would you try Lemonade instead? And if you would do neither, what would you do? So I'm kind of wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Amazing. One on that note, also let us know what questions you have. We're going to do our Q&A. Keep doing them every episode. If you haven't subscribed yet, rated, reviewed, we'd appreciate it so much. We are also on the Instagram. We're on the TikTok. YouTube, if you rather watch the video version or if you are watching the video version, hi. (laughs) And thank you for listening. I was going to say hi and bye. Bye. (laughs)